Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Puri Lukarella. Puri is the head of coach development for the Finnish Ice Hockey Association. And with Puri, we spoke about how the coach development system works in Finland and what are some crucial skills you need as a coach developer in order to help coaches to become better. And before we jump into the episode, um, I think, Derek, you maybe have some news to share here today on our podcast. Yeah, well, first of all, excited to be back on Zoom with you, Rick. It's been uh, it's been a while, but I'm glad that we're doing episodes again. And um, yeah, I do. I uh, I've recently moved to Columbus, Ohio, and started a um, graduate assistantship with the Blue Jackets Hockey League, um, and started my my master's and doctorate with the uh, uh, with West Virginia University. So all of that combined, um, and the job I have here in Columbus is um, graduate assistant and coordinator of player and coach development. So um, it's kind of a fun job so far. We just got started a couple of weeks ago and um, getting the kids on the ice, getting their jerseys. And we have over a thousand um, hockey players between U6 and U10 and over 200 coaches. So it's a lot of fun to um, meet everybody and work with everybody and see the smiles that, that hockey's back. So yeah, um, really cool. That's a very, very impressive numbers. Um, yeah. So many players and so many coaches. I think it's uh, going to be very interesting how the season is going to develop for you. And I think we're going to have uh, at the end of the season, a very, very cool reflective episode uh, like the last seasons. And yeah. um, I think it's uh, first of all, congratulations again. And, Thank you. Um, and yes, I'm already excited for our um, reflection episode and to see how your process went uh, this year in Columbus. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I'm uh, taking a bigger, like a bigger step back and seeing like a a bigger picture in this role than I have in the past. So um, that's going to be really interesting. And then just the, the process of focusing more on coach development than coaching um, will be interesting as well. So um, yeah. Uh, you guys will all have to wait until after the season to hear more about um, how that process went. Um, there were some little tidbits every once in a while, but let's uh, not hold anybody here any longer. Let's get to the conversation with Peru. It's a great one, and uh, we hope everybody enjoys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Road podcast. Today, we are joined by Puru Lukarela, the head of coach development for the Finnish Ice Hockey Association. Puru, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time and joining us here today. Um, first of all, we would like to know how is everything with you and how is everything in Finland? Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Uh, uh, everything's fine. Uh, I think. We just uh, the league started. The men's professional league started a couple of days ago, and and junior junior leagues are going, and and and, and coach development classes, and so on. So, uh, pretty hectic part of the season, and and Pohjola camps and our scouting camps for our U sixteen national teams, and so on. It's gonna they're gonna be right around the corner. So so yeah. it's a hectic time of the uh, time of the year. Yeah. I, I was just uh, talking with you shortly before about the uh, Poyola Lady. Um, I still remember when 
when um, I was a student and I was able to work there. It's a very, very exciting week, I think, for everyone in Finnish ice hockey. And uh, just to shortly follow up on the upcoming Polar Lady, um, how is the how is the national team camp used to do any kind of coach education with the people that are there? Uh, you mean they during the Pohela camp? Yeah, during the Pohela camp. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a coaching clinic for for coaches who are coaching because this year, like I said, um, we're scouting for U16 national team. So this year it's gonna be the 08 forms. Um, so we're gonna have a coaching clinic for coaches who are coaching 08s, 09s, or 2010s, um, just to give them a little glimpse of of where their players are heading maybe in a year in two years and and it's a good opportunity for us to kind of have a talk with the coaches about good practice and how does the game look like or how could they can prepare the uh, their players to play the game that's we're thinking it's going to be like in let's say 10 years when those mm -hmm. players are pro um yeah. so yeah and also during the camp uh, because the the coaches in the camp are are coaches from the clubs so of course the whole camp it's in itself it's a it's a training and a training situation for those uh, coaches who are handling the the teams uh during the camp so uh, hopefully a lot of learning going on yeah it's uh it's definitely i think a very very good possibility to bring everyone together and um to talk about this i think it's very important and um because you are the coach, head of coach development for FIHA. And as you said, it's a pretty hectic time of the year. But uh, overall, I would like to know uh, what's what's exciting you so much about coach development? Why have you, uh, why did you decide to take this path? Well, um, I, uh, I had to stop playing when I was 20. Damn, and I actually really count now. Uh, I think it was 22, about 22. Yeah. Uh, maybe the reason kind of helps you because now I have to think because I think I got about seven, eight concussions. Um, and after the last one, the doc said that, well, you have to take a year off or, or think about something else. And uh, I've been having injuries since I was 16. So it wasn't looking like I was going to the NHL <laughs> anymore. Yeah. And, yeah. and co coaching was a path where it was – kind of heading anyway after I, I'm going to stop playing. And luckily for me, it happened a little bit earlier um, than I anticipated. It was a good thing. Um, I was studying in Nebraska at the time. So jumped into this coaching, um, got the coach uh, from hockey school to U20s, um, and then jumped to being a coaching director for um, – for a club uh, down in the capital area for two years just because of, of wife moved to that area, got a job, and then it was kind of time to move to a full-time position. And that was available at the time in hockey, and it was a good good move because that time I got to see coaching from the coaching director's role. Um, mm. and, and from there, I was more or less headhunted to do to be a regional coach for the, for FIHA. Uh, that was 2012. And for me, I love coaching. I think everybody loves coaching. But I want, if I can, I want to affect more than, than just one team. Um, 
So if 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 there's a chance I can positively affect Finnish hockey, um, well, more than through just one team, I'm up for that. So um, that's probably the one of the reasons I was kind of um, stayed in this path and not going back to coaching MT. Yeah, yeah I think that's uh, it's very interesting that you are mentioning that. Um, so that your motivation is basically to affect more than one team and I think that if I speak about Finland that uh, means the like entire regions all the coaches in the club and um, speaking about this part um, working as a coach developer and especially working for an association like FIA who is a very very established uh, federation in the world but how do you see overall the job and the role as a coach developer what are the things that you need to do or that you can do not need to i mean can do to help coaches to improve um one of the biggest things that you really need in that position if you work as a coach developer you need a lot of patience just the patience yeah. to be quiet patience to uh not speak everything that you have in your mind or you might have a solutions because a lot of times that's just the way that you're going to undermine the learning that's going to happen with the coach. Um, um, not sure if that's the right word, but, but because it's their path, it's their learning. You have to be supporting of their learning, meet them where they're at. Um, so post developer, if you compare that to kind of like an old master apprentice, it's not that kind of a relationship. At least I don't see it that way because um, if if it if the coach developer coach uh, relationship is handled kind of like the old way, it's just the, that way the coach is repeating the coach developer's good things and also the bad things because it's just copy and paste. But but the most important thing is to get the coach thinking and support that thinking, support reflection, uh, be kind of a personal learning coach, help them understand um, where they feel like they are lacking in coaching, what's the strength, where the, where the strengths and uh, how can they do the work to get themselves better and support that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm curious because it sounds like we've had um, similar paths in a way. And, and um, I also stopped playing when I was 18 because of concussions. So I, um it's it's an interesting like jump into coaching after being told um at least for me like being told like I can't play anymore right so how do I stick around the game and and then that growth from realizing that hey I want to impact a team to oh I want to impact more than a team and I want to impact the a broader scale of um of players and overall like how how the game is and I'm curious as you talk about that, that patience and, and that idea of building that relationship with a coach, is that something that came, you know, natural to you in that, in a sense where it's like you, you became a coach, then you became a coach developer and it was automatic to that. Hey, I need to have patience. I need to guide them in that journey. Or was there some learning curves in there that kind of made you realize this is how I should be building relationships with coaches? Yeah, there's, there's been a learning curve, of course. Um, 
probably if we go back like 10, 15 years ago, um, I think I've been one of those people who are really um, fast to say their own opinion or own thoughts on things. Mm. And now it's just really taking the focus or putting the focus on somebody else's learning and enjoying that if you can help somebody get better. Um, so I think it was like a couple of years ago, well, a couple, maybe five years ago or something like that. Um, you know, you guys know the uh, self-determination theory yeah. from yeah. Ryan Desi and, and, and Frank Martella kind of brought up a fourth element to it, which is kind of doing good as a fourth part. And that mm -hmm. was something that really clicked on me uh, because um, the past 10 years, the kind of like the where my inner motivation comes from is if I can do something good for some somebody else. Um, and that I've really gotten kicks out of that and and, and also kicks out of, of helping somebody discover some new thoughts on coaching or, or something else uh, about them and, and just looking at that process going on so um and it's not it's not easy it's not it's a lot of times you feel like oh this might be a good pen to put here but can i get to that same answer with questions so that the person itself actually answers the questions hey can i should i look the here well actually that's a good idea i could have mm. said that like 15 minutes ago but it's more impactful when I when we get to that point by just having a conversation, directing with hopefully skillful questions, and that's a learning process that's going to never end. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, I've seen a couple of coach developers who are really uh, experienced, have done it to like thirty years, and just the art in the way that they use language. Uh, in those sessions, it's 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 remarkable. Speaking about the point, um, you said that you want to help coaches establish this philosophy of lifelong learning, and um, that this is uh, something very very important in order to improve. And um, you were mentioning that, like you want to coach you want to support the coaches as much as possible and that you need to meet them where they're at and in our pre-call that we had together you were mentioning that um for example uh, you are working together with the u60 national team coach uh from from the finnish ice hockey association and his task was in one game um to only ask the players questions on the bench so what i want to would like to ask you is that how do you help coaches and all overall to like have development development objectives for themselves. Um, I think that's we're hopefully going to get that in a bigger scale in this year and the future years. Um, that's a kind of was an example for for yeah. one coach, and I didn't set up the goal. He he was the one who wanted to set up the goal, and I was just providing him uh, evidence of of what's going on. So I was there filming and and getting everything he talks about it on the mic so that he can reflect on that afterwards. And then actually that coach has a personal mentor outside of me. So I was, I was more or less helping with that. Um, and um, yeah, hopefully the, 
future years, it kind of comes down also also to the tools that we're going to use. Hockey center, we've talked uh, about our new hockey center briefly in the pre uh, pre call, uh, but it's just like what kind of tools can we help to kind of shift focus on on development for the coaches so that we can get in the future when coaches and are jumping on the ice with the team in practice um, that they have of course they have a plan and they have the goal for the players for the practice but they would all, always also have a plan and and a goal for themselves in a practice that what what I'm going to focus in my coaching in this practice session um, so those kind of small things that kind of becomes a habit is going to help us and also also form a habit of reflecting on 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 their practice and how they coach whether it's in a game or or in a practice so yeah yeah and it's it's interesting you mentioned like the the tools and that plan right and i i'm i'm curious to see going back to your own development as as a coach developer what were the things that helped you along that path to get to that point where you know now you're now you're helping coaches and now you're helping the coaching system what were the tools and the and the plans that you had for those things that you wanted to develop um it kind of comes down to well when i was playing i already got into university of university so i, I studied sports uh, sports pedagogy there i got my master's in uh, from that um that kind of helps when you look at teaching and also kind of that background helped me um just maybe getting my mind straight when it comes to learning and stuff like that so it's not something that i figured out and and i think it should be done this way um so some training over there but uh then uh working as a regional coach then my kind of my goal was set out to like set out to be like when I can be in this role that I am I am right now so that kind of thinking started like six seven years ago um, and then kind of like the steps that I've been taking since then um, whether it's more education um, I got to be I was lucky enough to be selected to be uh, in the NCDA so it's um, Coach Developer Academy that ICCE, so International Council of Coaching Excellence, and 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 Nippon Sports University from uh, from Japan, Tokyo, and it was kind of binded to the Tokyo Olympic Games. Uh, they had, I think, it was they ran it for like six or seven years. This Coach Developer Academy, so the brightest persons in the world, thinking about Coach Developer stuff, and and then organizing an academy that kind of we had two uh, residential periods in Tokyo and then assignments before and met and after. Um, so that, that for me was really an eye-opening um, education um, to how it should be done, what are the skills needed in coach for a coach developer, uh, how you can practice stuff, um, how you can plan it, um, whether it's working with a single coach or a group of coaches. So so for me, that year in Japan, well, not the whole year in Japan, but the education was there, um, that has had the biggest impact um, on coach developer work 
and my competence and, and hopefully growing competence. And I think that actually that academy has the biggest effect globally on coast developer work. Uh, like we talked, Eric, before, yeah. um, USA Hockey, same elements that the elements uh, from the NCDA now is used in USA Hockey's coach developer um, education. Um, so um, that for me, that was a big thing. And it was, it was great that I got selected to it. Um, and now it's just putting all that in, in practice. Yeah. And it, it brings up another question for me because you, you mentioned like the, the brightest minds in the world about coach development, you know, all coming together to, to teach and learn about coach development. And it, it, it brings a question to me about, you know, the coach development seems to be, um, it's very academic, right? There's a lot of research behind it, evidence behind it. There's adult learning theory, um, you know, best practices, all of these things that are supported by the academic side. Uh, and then there's the practitioners, right? That the people have to, you know, they have to go out and they implement it. And then a lot of those times, those two types of people are mixed and they're pracademics and things like that. For for you uh, in your role, how have you been able to take in that academic side of coach development and um, all of the you know, research, meetings, everything that happens um, between people at universities and professors and things like that. And how have how has that academic side impacted your work and been, how have you been able to take that in? Um, huge impact, for sure. And one of the biggest thing is, like, uh, I think I've kind of learned to be um, critical on on certain stuff that it's we're used to be doing in, in coaching or in hockey. There's a lot of those kind of like, we keep doing certain stuff year and year, year in, year out. And we never stop to think like, Hey, is it, is this the best possible way? Like, why are we doing this? Um, is there any evidence behind this, that this is the best way? Um, I like to use a lot the word evidence-based because um, that's why the research is there. Re great minds are done really good research on coaching, and that's been done in practice in real life coaching situations. So there's obviously something that we need to really listen to and see if we can apply it in our culture, um, in our sports culture, and make make the environment better for the players. Because at the end of the day, that's the that's the whole thing. Why are we doing it? for the right. game and for the players to get be in a better position to get the best out of themselves. Um, but yeah, just the evidence-based stuff. Uh, I, I really don't like when things have been done just based on somebody's old opinion or this is how we've always done it. Uh, that always, for me, that's kind of like a trigger for, hey, let's stop really think about it is this actually the best way if we've always done it this way why have we done it that way um yeah. and a lot of times they might be like okay it's a good thing we keep doing that but just to have that really uh, critical thinking and, and conversation around things so that we make sure that we're doing the right stuff at the moment of course in 10 years we're going to get new um research on certain stuff that that that's going to debunk something that we've been trying to do 
the last five years or we're going to do in the next three. So um, just constantly be kind of keeping your head up. I didn't do that really well that when I was playing a concussion. So I try to keep my head up right now. Yeah, maybe that's where the, the learning kicks in for us with too many concussions. And that's why we're uh, we're becoming coach developers. Yeah. Um, no, it, it brings up a really good point, right? That idea of making sure that, you know, even if you've done it for 20 years and it's been a great thing for 20 years, just going back to it and saying like, hey, why have we done it this way? Like what what's the reasoning behind it and making sure that you know, even if it's been great, there's no things that we can add or or modify or anything to make it even better for those players. And a lot of the um, a lot of the things that we talked about in the pre-call related around this idea of you know the route that a coach developer should take, right? Like through working as a coach developer director working through the coach to to benefit the players and and that's how all the all of this work is with the end goal of creating a better athlete experience um and i'm i'm curious how how would you explain the the coach development system in in finland and we know finland's a, a pretty unique country in in the size of its of its hockey world compared to its its population and and everything like that and there's some benefits to that. So I'm interested to to hear your thoughts about the the system that you guys have there in Finland and and just um yeah, any any anything you can share about that. Well, yeah, I think like you said, the size helps us. Um that country is relatively small. Um in hockey, people know each other. Um compared to a size uh, how we got pretty good resources when it comes to kind of how many people that we got working in coach development. Um, and also kind of background to it, uh, world championships that we've organized, we get to organize every, let's say, 10 years. Um, mm. A lot of time people complain about the ticket prices and stuff like that, but the end goal is to make some profit out of it so that we can dump that profit right back in where it matters. So player development, coach development, and use the money that way. Uh, so, so it's not, um, even though that we made a profit for the last uh, games, none of that money is in FIHA's budget. Mm. So it's uh, like, it's, it's something outside and we can use that to develop the game and develop develop our our ways of working with the clubs and help 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 the players and hockey be in a good place uh, in Finland in the future. But for us, size, um, the structure. So um, our regional coaches uh, in every region uh, and skill coaches, but the regional coaches is the biggest thing because we got guys responsible in their regions about in what happens in goals development. So their job is to make sure that the clubs um, work work the way that it should be done. Well, not, not necessarily should be done, but everything is kind of moving forward all the time. Yeah. Um, so they run the clinics, uh, level one clinics in the, uh, in the regions. And then when it comes to level two and three, then 
uh, that those uh, are more of a longer processes where the coach comes in and whether it's Viero Matia Sports Institute or Florida and the same thing. But basically what happens in coach development, we got level one, two, and three. Uh, level one, like it, in every country, it's just the, kind of like the first stage in coach development. But one of the biggest things that should always be present in coach development frameworks is uh, the learning outcomes. Like, are they really clear and established in each level? So for us, uh, level one coach, the learning outcome should be that the coach can, after level one, can, uh, can plan, execute, and evaluate one coaching session with high quality. So start with that. So the coaches, when they start coaching in a club, we got coaching directors in the club, so the club should support the coaches so that they don't have to start seasonal planning when they start coaching. Mm. Yeah. It's not their stop. Like, get the coaches really focused on the co coaching skill, the skills that you need when you get a group of guys, girls, the players in front of you uh, inside the ring that you can you can practice to be really good at that for a number of years before you have to start planning the season. And and let's say the coach coach starts coaching uh, four or five years, level one, uh, takes certain clinics, uh, run by our coach, uh, regional coaches. We got a lot of online stuff now, um, just the knowledge-based, like stick handling, shooting, stuff like that, that we don't need to sit in a classroom to look at. You can... You can t look at that um, through a online course, uh, and then put it in practice with the help of the coach, uh, coaching directors. Where it comes now with the coach developer role, so it kind of everything is binded together, so that we so that we can have those online courses when our coaching director has the skill to act as a coach developer, to which we have also education for the coaching directors. But no. uh, but yeah, level one coaching session, level two uh, season, same thing can plan, execute a validated season with high quality. And then when we come to our level three, the goal is that you can do that long term. So looking at multiple year planning and, and really handle uh, athletes uh, development and teams development. Uh, so yeah. start from small and, and then and grow the I think that this thing. is a like I think this is overall a very very progressive structure like that you have the different levels and I think it also help, it helps the coaches to facilitate their process and to really concentrate on themselves because if I think about myself when I was um when I was coaching in Finland and when I was in Lahti it was definitely very very helpful when you had um, head of coaches on the ice um that uh, helped you like running the practice or you were there and you could learn from them how they were doing it and i think this has been a very very helpful aspect and speaking about this piece you were mentioning all, already the regional coaches that they are going to the clubs and they are going that they talk a lot with the head of coaches for example and um, then overall like based on your view and what you have been describing what is why is having head of coaches so essential inside the clubs? Um, it's just, I'm just thinking about the word in English, but yeah. just to have a clear 
understanding within a club that how the player path is built to have somebody directing and enforce kind of enforcing it also that what's going to happen in certain age groups when the kids are moving up the ladder getting older so that it's not up to the coach that what's going to happen and when when the player comes from UA to UAT so that the coaching director their role is really to figure out like what are the steps the baby steps that's going to happen what we're going to what are the important stuff that's going to happen in U8 what are the things that going to come in when they're going to be U9 and and so that it's not up to the coach that he's going to do like I'm going to do these I'm going to take shooting and I'm going to bring in team tactics U8 uh because I feel like it no it's not going to happen that way um uh, because uh but of course it's a um that's something that we have to keep get, getting better at also like we have to keep getting better at the coaching clinics and, and and our levels because the things that i described it's we've done a lot of new stuff in the last two years so basically this is going to be the first year that all the kind of levels and online courses are finished and now we're really kind of getting getting into speed with that and we have we had a great system also before but now it's just like some fine tuning to it um, yeah. but yeah but coaching directors it's it's our strength that uh the coaches are not they they are supported uh and they're guided um and that's one of the things that i have in our my uh the coaching framework that we've done is like how the coaches path to excellence or to competence is guided and supported along the way. So that's the goal for from our side that how can we feel like all the coaches are being supported and guided. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting you, you say like the making sure all the coaches are are supported and guided. But Finland doesn't have a, a licensing like requirement for the coaches, correct? And then I'm I'm curious on what your thoughts are around that and and why Finland hasn't gone to like the mandatory license for the coaches and, and kind of the um the benefit of that um approach if if that's kind of the right way to ask. Yeah. I'm not sure like how it's been before or has it has there been a lot of talk previous years about it. Uh but for for us um or I can think uh, say for myself that the licensing um, it's a little bit of a tricky question because I don't want a situation where our coaches are learning stuff or taking part of clinics just to have a license. Right. So that's that's a wrong motivation. So kind of idealistic on that. Like, how can we create a system so that it's easy for the coaches? It's it's just in time learning. So. So new stuff comes to their table or in front of them just when they need it. So it's kind of like you don't even feel like you're learning or you're taking a clinic. It's just like, oh, I really wanted to know about this. And yeah. now you're being presented with a clinic or, or support, uh, whether it's from a regional coach or, or a coaching director. Um, so for me how can we make our system so that our coaches who are taking the class, they're getting better. We know that they're getting better. 
we don't need a licensing system for for figuring out that they're getting better um we've had talked talks about it but should we have something on it uh we have had talks about because we've used this 360 evaluation on on yeah. having well you probably know you study yeah. like what are the kind of elements in coaching that that could be something that you have to be uh, in that process and that kind of gives you the licensing if 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 needed in in the future so that if you're coaching you're taking clinics you have evalu evaluation done every year you have a mentor uh named mentor so you're in the process so that kind of gives you the license to coach so for me that might be the kind of end result if if we need to go to a licensing system um but before that i'm just pushing for we just keep getting the coaches better get them learning get them thinking get them reflecting and, and support them from fiha side from club side so that's that's kind of the the whole the most important thing speaking about the 360 because you were mentioning now and i think that's a, i think it's a very very good tool for coaches and for yourself in order to um reflect on each areas and thinking about when i was confronted with this tool for the first time i need to say i was pretty overstrained uh because it was uh very very new to me um but i think that maybe the people who are listening right now not everyone knows 100 what it is so could you maybe describe what it is and uh how it can help Well, yeah, basically it's, it's, we're talking about things that you need competence in when you're coaching. It's not a lot of times coach, uh, people feel like when talking about coaching, it's, it's, you have to know about hockey. You yeah. have to be really good in having the sports competence. Uh, but it's not, that's one part of it. That's one, like one fourth of, of, of what we need. Um, just bringing it up, up our uh, a couple of slides for myself so that I don't mess it up. But um, because everything is um, based on the Finnish coaching uh, model, so yeah. so where it all comes from, and then in that we have the uh, learning or competence need that we need from a coach and then what we can affect in a, in a player or in an athlete. So as a coach, you need, uh, self-development skills. You got people skills like international skills. So basically what I think it's in English, like interpersonal skills, yeah. intrapersonal skills and coaching competence. But when the, and the, the fourth is, um, in Finnish, it's like, um, We got the sports competence. We got relationship skills, if it's translated straight to English, and then self development skills, and then your kind of inner resources, like how you handle yeah. work, free time. So those are the kind of like the four elements within that four, like three sixty. Um, that those are the also the elements that are in our level one, and especially when we come to level two and three. Uh, we touch those all for all the time. So mm -hmm. like our level two and three 
um, sports competence, coaching, like hardcore hockey competence, is only max, like max 25% in that mm. clinic or in that year. Uh, of course, everything is kind of binded to hockey, but yeah. we we put a lot of effort on on helping the coaches understand how they can be better working with the player, the person, interactional skills, um, goal setting, uh, how they then they can handle their family life, coaching, work, balance. Um, so, yeah. I I think that is also like because now you're mentioning um like all these all these like competences that you need or that you should try to develop uh, in coaching and I think if we like hear about them um like we we understand and we internalize that it's um as you said as well that um, the sport specific side yes it has a it, it has an importance it is uh, relevant for sure but there are so many other aspects that are really really crucial in order to like to become a to become a good coach in order to be able to work with people and one thing you were mentioning at the end i wanted to ask you about as well that especially about uh, like um about your like personal life and then also about um, like your personal health so like because especially in coaching like i i see it by myself like also thinking about the past and now like there's so many areas that you want to touch on and you want to do and you you should do because at the end of the day is you want you work with the with your team or with people and you want you want to help them that they're getting better but um you as a coach you're also a person so um you as a coach developer how do you help coaches in order to like stay healthy long term wise if this is a profession you want to, to for example do like for uh 30 years or even longer um That's a that's a good question. So it's yeah. it comes down when you know the uh, know the uh, the coaches, know the coach developers. You kind of get an understanding of their uh, life hmm. and how they are as a person. Then you can help. Then you can see yeah. some spots and you can direct their focus on something. But same thing with when you're coaching a player. You can't help the player to be the best version of themselves if you just understand what he can do or she can do inside the ring. Mm. Like, like you have to take the person as a whole and and help them get better. Uh, same thing in, in in as a coach developer work with coaches. You have to really kind of get to know them and and understand the big picture. And when it comes to this kind of work, work life balance, health. Uh, It's not easy when it comes to coaching because a lot of because your passion as a hobby as mm. a player now becomes a job, mm. and you should really, as brutal it it might it might sound, you have to try to healthy like be healthy with and with it and 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 see it as a job also even yeah. though that it's yeah. a passion yeah, because yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day. You, if you don't do it, being passionate about something, then you might realize, not at the beginning, but after 10 years or 15 years, that you've burned out. Mm. Um, and 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 when it comes to this kind of balance and, and taking it easy, and 
that's probably for me also it's the biggest learning uh process going on today like uh i have to work a lot with really trying to balance work um a couple of smaller kids back home and 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 being present there and then work and then should squeeze in a f friend or two at some point and, and do mm -hmm. stuff that you really enjoy and, and kind of uh, what what makes you relax and, and recover. So, oh. yeah, that's okay. a... Yeah, I like that. I like what you say. Like, it's hard to make a passion a job and, and it's hard to remember that it is your job sometimes. And, and that is something that I see myself struggling with sometimes um as well and it, it it can really easily become like a 24 7 thing and you don't even realize it and um it's important to have that awareness and um understanding of and also you know, you, yeah yeah and also and also that i think a good coach developer or a person around you is very really a valuable when there's somebody that you have, for instance, Derek, that you should have somebody to say that it's okay not to come to the ring today. Yeah. Like, like, because when, when the, when, when the passion becomes a job, you jump into a club or to an association, you want to do the best possible job that you, you can, because your passion now somebody's paying for it. Uh, so you don't want to screw it up. So, so I'm just going to go as hard as I can so that nobody can tell me that, I'm I'm slacking at work or I'm not doing enough. So at that time, it's more it's really important to have somebody to say that hey, it's okay. You don't like don't come to the ring today. Yeah. It's okay to have a week where you have two days off. It's yeah, that's an okay week. Mm -hmm. And 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 oh, you got a family affair? Go to it. Yeah. Oh, I can yeah. I can, because a lot of time with. New and younger, younger coach, coaching directors or head of coaches, and hey, I can, I can, I can figure that out. I can move so, certain stuff. Around. No, you don't have to. Hmm. Well, let's see another time. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm chuckling to myself because I'm, I'm seeing myself so many times. I remember one time last year when I was in Norway, I, I got to the rink and I, I felt a little bit sick. You know, not, not quite sick, but um, just a little bit, and um. I remember I got there and I, I coughed a couple times and um, my, the GM was like, go home. Like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not sick yet. And they're like, yeah, but just go home. Like, it's okay. We'll take care of your practices. Like it's, it's fine. And it's a little bit different. Like it wasn't for, you know, going out and relaxing, but it's that same idea. Of, and I think coming from North America and the U S specifically and having the, the North American um, work attitude and then going to Europe and realizing that you don't have to work if you've got like, you know, a, a sickness coming on, or if you have something, um, you know, that's, that's different. Like seeing those two different cultures for me was, was very different. And even four years abroad was, I was still struggling with, it's okay to take a day off because I'm starting to get sick and it's, it's, it's good in the long run anyway. And, um, and things like that. So it is something that makes me chuckle when you when you bring it up. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, like when when we're working, our job is to help somebody get better and oh, develop. Yeah. 
And so it's our responsibility to be at our best so that we can be really present. We have the energy to be there. We have, we have, we don't, we're not tired. We're, our mind is clear because we have to be really there to see somebody doing good. We have to catch them doing good. We have to be able to react to it. If you're tired, if you're, if you're, if you're burned out, you're not going to see anything. You're not going to be reacting anything. Yeah, you're probably going to be negative more than positive. You have to try to, like I said, you have to try, even whether it's a coach or a player, try to catch them doing good and reinforce that. You can't do that if you're tired and, and if you're not taking care of yourself. Um, so, and it's so important. It's totally different if you're, if you're working in a job where you're not working with people or you're just doing something mechanical or stuff like that. But when our job is to help somebody develop, we really have to take care of us or of ourselves so that we can do it uh, the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it, it brings me to kind of the, the overall need for self-awareness and, and self-assessment as a coach. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what, what value do you guys place on it? And, and how do you see that as a piece of coach development, this overall idea, not just the, the internal resources and taking care of yourself as a coach, but, the whole the whole idea of a coach developer working with a coach and that coach developing that self-awareness and doing the af- or the coach 360 and you know what what is the benefit in that in developing that coach um it's huge we do a lot of what well, let's say uh, level twos and threes a lot of work with reflection and getting the coaches reflecting on the day or on an assignment or on their um, or on their qualities or um, like how their work life balance is and 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 helping them get better at that and and then because a good reflection is something that you uh, that always ends with a plan that I'm gonna do next so it's not just reflecting on oh that went well and that went not so well and hmm, let's see what happens no that good reflection is something that what was good what was what i have to do better and what are the concrete actions that i'm going to do next to get this to a next another level and i think i'm not sure if i'm answering your question right but but that kind of comes to that self-awareness and 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 those are the tools that we're going to help the coaches kind of get better at it. And also with the coach developers, same thing. Yeah. I think just to jump in on that, I think it, it does answer the question, right? Like it's important to have an understanding of where you're at to be able to see where you want to go. If that's kind of a way to rephrase what you just said. Yeah. 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 And what qualities you have and, and actually just to clear up where you want to go. Right. Because a lot of times coaches, they don't have a clear vision of where they want to go. They might have a fantasy of something that it would be nice to be somewhere, right. but then really having a clear view on, on that's where I want to go. These might be actually the steps that I need to take. I'm here right now. These are the strengths that are going to take me there, but these are the things that I really need to focus on also that they're not going to hold me back from getting yeah. to that. Um, so so yeah, it's 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 used to kind of build up that plan and 
uh, through yeah. reflection and guided reflection, uh, that's a way to go to it. Right. And yeah, summarizing like you now all the points you made about coach development and like as we discussed today that um, the goal as a coach developer is help to coaches to improve so they can help players to improve and something that we have been touching on um, in the pre-call shortly and that's uh, something that is I need to say personally to me very important as well is that this um, player development piece and really having the long-term perspective on the players like um, because I still remember in Pelicans there was a player playing in under 14 single A or under 13 and now he's playing in Liga, Finnish Liga and like how do we like how do you as a coach developer help coaches to make them understand that it's a, it's a like it's not just a marathon it's sometimes a triple marathon and and even if you're like a 22 you can still make it uh, to a certain level and that we're not like like see in the moment oh yes this player he looks really really good today or he looked really really good on the weekend he should be already playing in uh, as a 15 year old together with like uh, 20 years old 20 Rick years you're old. saying that I still have a chance no of course you still have a chance <laughs> that's good that's good yeah, but the doctor said that you can't play anymore. That's true. I have to listen to the doctor. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I was listening. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough because a lot of times when the coaches they might have the the team, not a lot of times, but but sometimes they they might have the team for a year, and then yeah. really to get them understand that you're the players are not part of part of your process. Hmm. You're a part of players' process. We we're actually having this talk with one of the clubs. So the how can we can set up that the, the players have their own developmental plan, and that plan is uh, kind of updated, uh, worked on with the coach, and that plan goes with the player to the next coach or the next age group or or to the next club. Just to see it that way that. Uh, that if you want to do your coaching job really well, you're part of their process. You're the you're for the player, not the player's not for you. When it, mm. at least when it comes to junior um, junior ages, uh, and then just you can try and help get them better uh, as players. But if you can impact on on how they view, let's say, learning or um, whether there are um, in 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 uh, fixed mindset or or growth mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. What are the what are the skills that you as a coach can have? How you use your language in a practice? How you set up things? How can you? push your players to a more growth mindset. If you can do that, then you've done a really good job because that growth mindset, uh, that goes into now the players are getting like, I'm not good, bad, I'm learning. So, mm. so the struggle is good. Uh, I put into effort. I know that I'm learning if I put in the effort. Uh, uh, then we're in a good place versus a fixed mindset that like, well, I'm good or bad or, or I don't want to put all in uh, if I see that I might lose. 
Um, so, but if you can affect affect that that those elements as a coach, then then you've done a really good job. And let's we have to remember that our brains develop up until twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mine and, just uh, stopped. Some <laughs> some guys grow in their twenties. So it's just don't evaluate a pro- like a process uh, when it's not done. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Peru, I, I really appreciate all of your your time so far today and all of your insight. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun um, to to have this conversation with you. And we always ask kind of one question at the end of the episode of our guest. And that's just if you have any any final thoughts, any final um, you know pieces of advice, tips when it comes to you know coach development, um, being a coach developer, or just overall, anything about today's episode or, or any final thoughts you might have? Um, I think one of the things when it comes to coach development, something I, 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 I've kind of uh, talked about in a coaching clinics and, and when it comes to kind of um, learning. Um, do you guys know a writer and a doctor named Brené Brown? Yeah, never heard of it. No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I've used that a lot. That that uh, my mentor in the NCDA, uh, she's a really experienced coach developer and a great person, and and was really skillful on on directing me, uh, and and kind of understands. She's actually Canadian. Uh, understand hockey world, and and a lot of times guys in hockey. Uh, one of the things that stops us from really getting to a learning path is our um, fear to be vulnerable. Like, say, Derek, that's that's your word. Yeah. Like, Vul- like how, how you could say that? It, yeah, say it in English. Like, I yeah. can't say it. it <laughs> Vul- uh, vulnerability. Yeah, that's my kryptonite. That's the only word I can't say. So... <laughs> Well, you're doing so it right now. You're being vulnerable right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. <laughs> and there was a reason that my mentor kind of directed me to that book and really understanding that that isn't a weakness. That actually yeah. requires a lot of courage and how you can act that way, uh, even though that you feel that way, um, so you can open your mouth in, in a big classroom. You feel vulnerable, but you still you can you want to learn. You 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 understand that feeling, but you want to learn, and, and you can you can understand that that takes a lot of courage to feel that way, and and how you can help your players to uh, kind of embrace that feeling and 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 create an environment where the players can be that way, ask questions, be themselves. So if I would pick one word for hockey, that might be one word, and that book might be something that. Uh, could be really interesting to read, and uh, so it's the Dare to Lead from Brené Brown. Yeah. Um, so talks cool. about that. Uh, of the episode here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Something that probably uh, you didn't expect. Oh no, it's um, no. I have to say, not, but I'm very happy about it. It it's crazy timing because um, I uh, 
Um, I, I, I don't, I don't mind sharing on the podcast. I, I started doing like online therapy just to, you know, go through the process and see how it can help me. And, um, I've really enjoyed it so far, but I had a session right before this podcast. And that's the first time I had heard about Renee Brown is she, the, the woman I'm working with, she brought it up to me and talked about the importance of being vulnerable and how that leads to growth. So I had not heard of her until an hour ago. And now back-to-back Zoom calls, I'm hearing about <laughs> Renee Brown. I, I think cool. I have to That's spend cool. the rest of the day like researching it and then listening to it. I, I think I think this is a sign for you then. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I think so. Um, but that's wild. That, um, but anyway, Peru, thank you very much. It was a, it was a great conversation. Um, I think I can speak for Rick and I when, when I say that we really enjoyed it. Um, and we do miss being in Finland. I, I miss being in Finland. Uh, Eric, I don't know about you. So uh, nice to talk to, to someone back there and um, connect back to the world over there. So again, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right. So thank you one more time to Peru for a great conversation around coach development, what that system looks like in Finland and all the other little pieces we touched on today. And I think the the place I want to start here in the reflection is we asked Peru early on in the conversation about like what what excites him about being a coach developer and, and, and the coach development space. And, um, you know, I think sharing a similar story to him in terms of having to stop playing from concussions and then um, you know, getting into that coach development side of things. Um, I liked how he explained that as his career moved on, he realized more and more that he wanted to have a larger um, impact than just an impact on one team, right? And I think that that shows the um, the power of a, a, a system of coach development that um, that a good system can have, right? That, you know, it's a, it's a saying that a good coach can impact like 20 players, a good coach developer can impact 20 coaches and 400 players. Um, so it's that, it's that step up that ladder um, that now, um, you know, I'm starting to see in my first few weeks here in Columbus is like, it's a big picture role and um, it's a tough challenge to have that big of an impact. There's a lot of things that you have to take care of and you have to build those relationships, but um, the impact that you can have is is quite cool. So I, I think that was a really good note from him um, about like the power of a good coach developer. Yes, it's definitely a huge impact you can have as a coach developer. I mean, if you think about what Puro was mentioning today in our episode that he wants to impact much more than one team, it's like, of course, as a coach, you coach maybe like 25 players. But then if you think about an entire country how many players you actually have and how many coaches you need for all the players to be coached and um, if you're coaching one team of course it's an amazing feeling to have impact on players and like help them in their growth process but i can also imagine it's an it's an amazing feeling if you like help the coaches to develop and with this as you said as well like help the players to develop because like then it's then it's like a very, very um good process. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You... yeah, it's it's the same feeling, right? Like it's it's the same feeling that like if I can help give a pointer to a coach, 
and I can see that that growth in the coach, then it's the same feeling that, you know, I saw when I was just working with a team and seeing that growth in that athlete, right? And and then just scaling that up um, is like the cool part to see as well. And like how much you can have that impact um, is, is really like, it's, it's exciting. I agree with Brewer. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah definitely. And like, it is to 100%. And I need to say that I really enjoyed the part of our conversation today uh, when we were talking about one aspect of being a coach and what actually your role is and like having the perspective on if you work with the players that you're part of their journey and that it's not like, for example, you that makes them better constantly with what you're doing and uh, with your like, for example, with your practices, it's like, first of all, this is like, I think we had several discussions about this as well on the podcast. It's much, much more than just um, just the, just the practices. It's the environment and a lot of other aspects that goes into this. But going back to Puri's point, like it it really helps you also like to think about this way that if you are part of the player's journey, that really like helps you to think about okay, what I can actually do to help the player to become better on his or her journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I really liked it how he put it, right? Like you're not a part of their process or you're not, they're not a part of your process. You're a part of their process. Right. And it's, it's taking the ego out of it as a coach and realizing that, Hey, like this player has a long journey and I'm one year of that, or I'm, you know, a camp of that, or however long you have that, that player, um, in your practices and your team or however, whatever it is. Um, and, and taking that step back and saying that like, Hey, this player is not here for me. And, and my ego doesn't matter. My perception, like the perception to me doesn't matter as long as I know I'm doing the best that I can for that player in their process. And, um, that shift of mindset is, I think a really big, um, like realization you can have as a coach, if that's the right yeah. word. Right. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. It's a very, very big like realization, and the more you think about also about it, like um, about this phrase, it uh, really gets you understand like your responsibilities even better. Yeah. At least that's how I feel. No, yeah, for sure, because it's like you you take that you take that step back and realize that hey, my responsibility is not to um have this player make me look good by winning the game or having a good practice or whatever, but my responsibility is to give them the right environment, whether it's in practice or a competition that they can improve for the long term. Um, yeah. and, and I, also, yeah, you just said, it's like exactly about this, that, um, also like taking your ego out yeah. as a, as a, as a coach, because it's not when you, when you're there, it's like, technically you're not there for yourself. Um, it's, it's not it's a, what, what you're doing. It's, it's not, it's not about you. It's not for you. It's uh, it's like doing help or doing work for other people, like for the players in that can in that case, or for kids, or phrase it however you want it. And um, I think that's always like very very important point to keep in mind. It's like you are definitely not the most important person that is on the ice, um, but at the same time you need to think about that. Everything you do, of course, has an impact on the kids you're working with. Yeah. And like a couple points to that 
the the saying that and doing it is different things, right? Like I think if you ask any coach, they'll say, "Yeah, I'm here for the kids, or I'm here for my players." No. But do your actions actually show that? And no. what I mean is that, like, if you watch someone's practice and the coach is obvious, like they they're an easy person to focus on in the practice. I I think that's too involved. Right. Like I think the the coach should almost be in the background. And and if someone's watching that practice, they should be able to clearly like focus on the players. Right. It shouldn't be constant coach involvement, constant coach yelling, talking, whatever it is. Um, take yourself into the background and, and do it like that. I had an interesting conversation about that today. Um, and how, you know, like making sure that that well, there's a difference, like good coaching is is taking yourself out and not being noticed Um, but that's not the perception of good coaching right the perception of good coaching is being involved being you know like talking to the players all the time right so the perception doesn't match up with the reality exactly i i agree to 100 and then i think on top of this it's uh very uh, important to keep in mind or like to have to have the feeling when it's uh, appropriate to like um, interrupt and to correct right. and that's, that's for example very important and when you when you feel like that for example when you have like a, uh, when you have development objectives in your practice or in one specific exercise um, and you don't see it happening like that's the point where you can like go in and interrupt and um, yeah. and then also if you see like that if you like. Of course, it always depends on the phase of the season. But if, for example, if you had like a, if you had a weekend off and your players are fresh and um, you you don't see like a lot of energy or like a lot of intensity or like within your development objectives, what you want to actually do on the ice today, yeah. then of course, like, <laughs> then you also have your task to execute. Yeah, and like the the thing I always try to remember, right, is like the when in doubt, stay quiet. If you yeah. if you you're not sure you can interrupt or anything, then just keep yourself in the back, right? Yeah. And you mentioned there at some point, like the Puru mentioned it as well that 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 newer piece of the self determination theory, that fourth element exactly. of, of doing good, right? And and yeah. um, I, I liked his perspective on it as a coach developer. Like you want to make sure that you're helping them with questions, right? Like giving them the answer might be the easiest and simplest way to get things do going the right way um but that's not the most impactful um so it's like just having that um having that difference of thought where it's you know leading them guiding them something we talk about so much on this show right so, and actually, yeah. like, and also, if you like, really use questioning and coaching on your daily environment, it's not an it's not an easy process to go through because it's not an like easy thing to do, like to ask the questions that really get the players thinking. Um, and really like because like even if we like, and also like even if I ask sometimes a question, it's like the players just is like or the players are saying it because it's so obvious to them but then on the other side i'm thinking but do they actually really really understand it so like do they just say to like give satisfaction to the the coach and that's like that's the biggest issue sometimes i face with questioning yeah 
And, but it's that same thing, right? Like that making sure you're asking it at the right time when you can interrupt. And, and even when you, even when you think you can, then it's also having that, like, you know, it's not getting frustrated that they can't answer at the moment, but it's just understanding that, Hey, they may be so focused on what they're doing that I just need to take a step back and let them play, you know, or let them do the activity. And afterwards, maybe we can break it down the next day or something like that. Or maybe like, maybe I'll grab a video of it now. So then tomorrow we can look at it and, and I can ask those same questions I wanted to ask now or whatever. But um, anyway, I think we're getting a little bit far from the, um, the episode, I, but I, I'm kind of done. I, I, I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. It was a lot of fun. I uh, also, I, I'm, I don't think that we were talking about this in the episode, but I don't remember now 100%, but we for sure spoke about, more about it in the pre-call i really really liked the idea of or like the perception of if you go like if you run a practice and you have like five drills four to five drills which is like regular usually and then i really like puru's question to it like why you can't have for example one or maximum two drills and then i was like I was thinking about this really a lot and then I was in my and then um and then I was like thinking about one specific drill and when you really think about it there come so many variations into your mind that are happening in the game and that you can practice and that are yeah. like the, that you can do it's just about like it's just about like really thinking about it and understanding that like you don't need to have always five drills like that it's a good practice a good practice is that if there's like uh if there's learning taking place over the long term of course not every day uh something can happen that's that's uh that's also like that's also you you understand more and more like because also the players they have so many things going on in their life that's yeah. uh, which is yeah. not 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 every day can be perfect and they go out of the ring and um they learn like so many things but over the long term of course it uh, it leads to learning yeah yeah i agree and i think that um it's a it's a good point right like you have you have that um long term perspective and it kind of slows down the rush you have at practice and you can spend more time on on each activity um and you know really let the players learn in that activity um so yeah i think that's a, a good point to bring up and that also goes back to like the time that you have on the ice because very often yeah. like a 60 minute practice is like very often you had the ring oh the practice was over so quickly today um of course like it feels quick on the ice and yeah. um I, I feel this by myself also very often. But for example, if you if you see it, you like this is where like where it's where it's where you can like periodize your training a little bit. And um if you see like a season through the whole like year or through the whole season from like September until April, you don't have only a sing 60 minute practice. During the entire season within this time frame, you have every week for example for 60 minutes practices and within this time you can work on different things like progressively or constantly or you can implement your vision and uh, build it and there are like just so many ways 
of doing it but, but the main message is that not everything has to be done in one day yeah yeah and yeah, that goes for coaching or, or coach development right like it's always a process so um, also for life yeah yeah um i think that's a, a good place to wrap up for today's conversation with with Pulu gorilla and thank you to him one more time for joining the show and, and having a conversation with us we always appreciate everyone's time so um thank you all for listening and hope you guys all enjoyed um just a quick know about our episodes our goal is to make one um around every month uh we're, we're still spending more time focused on the quality of the episodes and quantity so um along with our new jobs and time differences and everything like that um we are um hoping to to, to get an episode out every month but um yeah we will uh, see you guys next time um on the coaches Vote podcast thanks bye